Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here in Keep Canada Weird, my pal handsome Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore some of the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which was recorded on the evening of February 5th, 2023, Aaron and I find ourselves in a rather uncomfortable position. If you listened to last week's episode, you heard Aaron be confronted by a group of listeners who questioned his role in the show and called for improvements to his attitude. Well, let's just say Aaron didn't take it well. And since the recording of that episode, I have found myself trapped in the middle between my listeners and my close friend and creative partner. Aaron almost didn't come back for this episode, but using my personal and lifelong friendship with Aaron as a sort of social collateral, he agreed to give Keep Canada Weird one last chance. And this episode is it. So tonight, we have the trial of Aaron Airport. We watch a car battle a mall. We mourn the death of a groundhog and a bunch of frozen pizzas. And then we meet a Canadian legend, Dino, the two liter bottle of pop guy. So let's get into it. I usually call you handsome Aaron Airport. I'm going to just start this with Aaron. Because uh, I think this episode maybe won't be as lighthearted as it's been. There's no secret that there's some drama going on behind the scenes. So let me just ask, how are you doing, Aaron? Uh, like, to be honest, like, you want to know re- actually how I'm doing? Yeah. I'm not good, man. No. I don't want to be here right now. I feel like I've lost my passion for this show. And I've been, I haven't been getting a lot of sleep, to be honest. Yeah, last week was rough, and mm. I think it was especially rough. I think because you first heard those messages that were critical, you heard those live on air. That was the first time I heard them. I hadn't, I, I wasn't prepared for it. I tried to keep a smile on my face through the show. I tried to pretend like it didn't bother me, but I was upset. Like I didn't, I didn't know like what, why I was doing any of this anymore. Mm. I mean, we've been back and forth all week as if there was about it, if there was even going to be a show today or if there was ever going to be another show. I was looking for replacements, looking at other ways I could program this. You've agreed to come on the show. We're going to go through tonight and see how it goes. I just need you to know, though, because I'm here tonight does not mean I'm here next week. Like, I'll do this final show. Uh, we'll see how it goes. And I have no guarantees for you that I will do any more shows past this. So, because I don't know, I don't, I don't know if I can. I get it, and I'm like, I've apologized personally and privately to you about playing those and reading you those messages on air without warning you last week. That was disrespectful. It was wrong for me to do. It's behind us. I have an idea of how we're going to move forward, though. So we have a, and here, and I hope you're okay with this. We have a mutual friend. Randy Stonewall, who helps out on the show quite a bit. Listeners of the show know Randy. I went to him because I'm like, what are we, you know, how are we going to deal with this between Aaron and I and the listeners of the show? He had some thoughts, and I think he has a pretty good idea how to how to approach this. Here's what Randy said. Randy, I got a problem. So, you know, 
Aaron Airport and I are doing the weekly Keep Canada Weird series. Oh, I know damn well, yeah. Well, listeners are complaining. Last week I got two messages from people uh, who had an issue with him. They don't like his attitude. Like I think they thought he was being like overly critical. So let me ask you, what do you like? What do you think of him in, as a co-host? Like, do you think he's respectful? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's just Aaron's personality to kind of be crotchety and cantankerous. But what I really think the issue here is, Jordan, is that people are missing Randy, right? Like, do you think that's you know, what it is? They want you. So, well, let me ask you that then. If Aaron walks away from it, will you come? Absolutely. Okay. The, the Rand Club members. Right? Yeah, the Rand Club would be pumped. Um, you're right. Um, how do you think I should deal with Aaron in this whole situation? Do you think I should, like, should I just put it to the listeners? Well, yeah, you could do a listener poll, like, or a poll on, like, Instagram um, or TikTok. I see that you're on that now. Or... Yeah. I'm, I'm a 17-year-old, yeah, on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely want to deal with it as publicly as possible here, right? Because these are both public figures, and you you really want to air this live. Yeah, okay. All right, that's what I'm going to do. I'll let yeah. you know if we need you to step in. Yeah, if you need a mediator, if you need me to, you know, Be a handle judge? things, I will. It's definitely a little bit of a conflict of interest, because Aaron and I, uh, you know, we watch wrestling together every month, so... Mm. All right. Well, I'm going to put it to the listeners and we'll see what happens. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I can speak for myself and I, I know that, that the, that the Randy Stonewall, you know, fans are, are, are missing me. So. so what he's suggesting there is that I put it to the listeners. Mm-hmm. You can face your accuser. You can, and then feel the support of your supporters at your back. Do you think that's how we should do this? I think that's the only way to do this. I'm I'm willing to try it for you because you and I have been so close for so many years. Yeah. Again, that's... I can't guarantee by the end of this that Keep Canada Weird will have a mm-hmm. handsome mayor and airport and this, anymore. And this is what I worry about. Like when we started this, it's like mixing friends with business. I yeah. was like, you know, I'd love to have Aaron on. He's my one of my best friends in the world. Mm-hmm. But this is this going to drive us apart and i'm hoping that we can settle this right now so i did put it to the listeners aaron and i've gotten a mixed bag back of people supporting you neutral on the issue and yeah you're not going to like some of what you're going to hear let me get right into it and the first message i'm going to play i guess this is going to be the trial of aaron airport and i'm going to start i'm going to let the prosecution make their case first because the first person we're going to hear from is your accuser. Do you remember the young lady last week who um, named the cockroach after you? Yeah, yeah. How could I forget? It's been tattooed in my brain every night when I go to sleep. All I hear is I'm going to name a cockroach after Aaron. I'm going to name a cockroach after Aaron. I'm going to name a cockroach a disgusting, vile, hateful cockroach after Aaron. Well, it's going to get worse. Hi, Jordan. I left you a voice message last week about how I was going to name a cockroach after Aaron. I've never dated Aaron. I've never met Aaron. I probably will never meet Aaron. My reason for leaving the voicemail is that I very much agree with the person who emailed you, whose email you read on that same show. 
Aaron often disagrees with you, and it's almost like he finds little to no joy in the stories that you tell. I know you bring a lot of happiness to people who listen to your show daily, weekly, but it seems that Aaron finds no joy in it. I've never heard someone that can disagree so much. Just like that beef that he had with the woman over whether it was Reese's or Reese's. I think it was Reese's. There's no way Aaron actually walks around and calls them Reese's. I think he just wanted to disagree. Anyways, I don't not like Aaron. I do like Aaron. I just want to know that he doesn't hate everything, that he does have some joy in his life. Anyways, not to make Aaron feel bad. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that is the accusation. You're joyless, cantankerous, I think is how Randy put it. Yeah. Um, but I think the prosecution will have to rest their case right at that moment, right after that call, because that was really of when I put it to the listeners, that was the one person who stood back up and had something negative to say. All right. Can I Let, can I just have a light response to this? Yeah, please. She referenced the Reese versus Reese's debate. Mm -hmm. I didn't start that fight. Okay, on the show. Okay, I'm getting upset. Okay, hold on. <laughs> on the show in question that brought about that entire series of events and that continuous debate about Reese versus Reese's. I had said Reese peanut butter puffs on the show, just talking about whatever was going on that we were talking about at the time. And I said, Reese peanut butter puffs. Mm -hmm. Somebody then who wanted to disagree with me came back and emailed or called into the show and said, it's actually Reese's mm. with an apostrophe yes. That's true. And then, so that's what started this debate. We looked into it and found out that we're both right. There are some products that say Reese and there are some products that say Reese's. Mm -hmm. And then we ended it at that. So that example that she used is a bad example. Okay. And I want to name a cockroach after that example. <laughs> um, Let's not get too into it because this isn't a boat. Okay, that I'm fuming statement. right now. I'm yeah. flipping you, out. She's she's listening, being like, "See, this is my problem." You know what? Yeah, I'm playing right into this spider's web okay. right now. So I'm, let's. I gotta settle down. I'm gonna relax. I'm leaving the show anyway. So what do we're I? We're gonna tip the needle. So that was the against Aaron. Here's what I consider a neutral comment okay. from Sherry. Okay, Sherry, please, I need you. Hello, Sherry here from North Dakota. I. Started listening to you guys last summer, I think. Started from the beginning and binged ya. Finally caught up just a little bit ago. Uh, I drive a school bus route and a mail route, so I have lots of time to listen. Anyway, I just wanted to say, when it comes to handsome Aaron Airport, that you kind of got to have a thick skin to understand him. There's been a couple times that I've kind of questioned what he's saying, but for the most part, I think he's got a dark humor, sarcastic sense to him. I don't know. I don't ever take him too seriously. So my thoughts after listening to the last episode was people need to get a thick skin. 
and just go with the flow. All right. Thanks. So I think Sherry thinks, if anything, the problem is people who can't handle you. And I think that's fair. You know, I have a philosophy that not only do I apply it to this podcast, but I apply this philosophy to my general business dealings. Whenever I'm dealing with uh, anything in my work, my professional life, um, the customer is always wrong. <laughs> so what I think the point Sherry is trying to make and that I agree with is in this case, in the arena of a podcast, the listener is always wrong, except for Sherry, who in this case is 100% right. But generally, the listener is wrong. <laughs> and I just want to double down on that and say, anyone who disagrees with me throughout this show is 100% wrong. And that is my policy going forward if I decide to stay on this Whoa. show. Whoa. So if you stay, it's good. things are going to change. But Things are going to change because if I stay, I'm telling you this right now, if we ink this contract and I stay, it's going to be a different show. It's going to be very, I'm going to be aggressive. Oh, I'm going to come out hot right off the top of every episode. And anybody who stands in my way is going to go fly a Keep Canada Weird kite with me because I am not taking any more S-H-I cross from people. <laughs> um, I think you're you're worked up now. You've got a lot going on. Just chill because the, the handsome Aaron Airport Army is banging at my door wanting me to play their voicemails. So here we go. Okay. This one I call Les Jordan. <laughs> Sorry, I'm hearing this for the first time. <laughs> Hi, Jordan and Aaron. Uh, I'm just calling to address uh, the caller that said he wanted less Aaron. Um, I'm glad you brought it up because uh, Aaron had a great response, as I expected. And uh, to be honest, I think Aaron is the glue that holds Keep Canada Weird together. Uh, I appreciate his uh, sarcasm and negativity especially towards tim hortons anyway uh stay weird so he didn't come out and say less jordan but i think the writing's on the wall there i like that the argument of him is like because i thought maybe the argument he's not negative he's just sarcastic it's like i just appreciate the negativity that he's bringing <laughs> i love he's his okay. piss poor attitude <laughs> yeah he's fine with it yeah good man yeah you know what like we're, I'm not here to slap smiley face stickers on everything. This is a real world we live in, and these are real world topics that we're talking about. These stories actually happen. This is not fiction, folks. This is real. So if you want me to spin everything into some kind of a happily ever after fairy tale, then fine. Go check out a fairy tale podcast. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm here to take these stories and grind them up into the raw, real, emotional foundation and, and truth that they are. And if you fear the truth, then run away because the truth is here and it's powerful and it's angry and it's negative and it is just on fire right now. I'm, I'm so burning to death right now. I'm so angry. 
and negative. I'm so negative. Hey guys, it's Sarah from Tennessee again. Just had to call in and show a little love for Aaron after hearing the hate messages. I guess everyone can appreciate his dry wit, which I think is totally appropriate for weird stories. As far as the talking down to, I mean, is it even possible to talk down to a pastry bandit or a ninja with a vision? I think not. Bye. I like it. Tennessee. Love it. Uh, I like that the Americans are stepping up to weigh in on this, too. It's just like how in Canada, we all have opinions on American politics. Well, is, this, might a, as well. is this a Canada is too polite and Americans aren't? Mm. You know, kind of situation we're seeing play out in front of us right now. You know, kind of a people are getting set off and it's kind of painting that picture, I think. I'm going to end with this message. And I think when I hear this, I have a feeling you're going to feel a whole lot better. And things are going to go back to just the way they were, I hope. Here's what Nancy B. had to say. Hi, guys. I've been meaning to write for a while now, but I knew I had to after hearing the negative feedback about Aaron. I have the opposite view of Mr. Handsome Aaron Airport. I find his input on the show to be invaluable and important. What some may read as negativity, I read as genius. Aaron looks deeper into the nighttime stories to tell us what's really going on with companies like Tim Hortons. He warns us of potential nefarious schemes such as animal uprising. Listeners, he's doing us a service and we should be grateful. With admiration and appreciation, Nancy B. from California. So she's, she can sense the journalism that's happening on your side of the screen and from your microphone. I know. I mean, uh, Nancy B., I, I appreciate you. I really do. And not to, I, I apologize for being positive here. I do. I know you prefer my negativity, but I just want to say, I just want to, I just want to take down my guard for just a second and say that your message has touched me deeply. It has affected me and my negative heart that prefers to talk down as opposed to up or, or straight ahead um, is melting. It was frozen for a long time. Because it's been minus 40 here or just because of the But even before that, you. Jordan, metaphorically yeah. speaking, I, oh, I've yeah. been frozen on the inside, but now I melt. Mm. Now I am a puddle of emotions. Don't um, slip on me. <laughs> just dry me up with some paper towel. So you've heard what the listeners have to say. If I'm judge here, I'm saying Aaron Airport's okay with the listeners of nighttime. Are, you, are we going to go forward? I'm going to go forward. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. I, I, a few of those messages really got it. to me and, and really made me feel like the work, not only that I'm doing, but also that you are doing, Jordan, is valuable. It's important. It's appreciated. And it should continue. Well, with that said, let's get to it. We have a loaded episode tonight. I'm so glad you're here with me, Aaron, standing by my side as the listeners, for the most part, stand by you. We're going to be talking about a story that involves a car versus a mall. We're going to be talking about the Groundhog Death Day. And then to end the episode, we're going to hear from a Canadian legend in what I think is going to be a very memorable segment. But before we get to that, we have listener mail that isn't about you. Um, there, there are two short ones that are mainly up, uh, providing updates to prior stories. Mm -hmm. This one, uh, we, we talked last week about the potential uprising of deer and moose around Saskatchewan. Uh, we thought it was a simple case of using the power of numbers and their size to take the land. But 
this listener, I think what they're hinting at is some kind of biological warfare that's going on. Listen to this. All right. See the New York Times story about deer causing coronavirus uh, variants since you talked about deer in your podcast. So what he's saying, I was like, deer? Sorry, you know what he's saying? I, I Googled it. I'm like, deer, oh, okay. coronavirus? No. I don't read the New Yorker, believe it or not. No. But turns out that, um, yeah, it's true. They're finding all these weird variants of COVID in deer. And there's some worry that the next kind of strain that causes trouble may possibly pass from deer to human. And in Canada, we are humans in Canada are very close to deer and we kind of interact with deer a lot. Well, so you do. I have they drive me nuts in my neighborhood. I know they're in your backyard and you're frolicking with them. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to avoid it. I just want people to know that. Well, you this... were very concerned about deer. I think you talked about it last week or the week before. I can't remember. Uh, I was too uh, negative at the time, but. You said that you were worried about the ticks off of deer because of Lyme yeah, disease. That's right. I never thought of COVID. But now not it's like... COVID. Now it's new super strain COVID. So... No, it's like co the ticks are going to get COVID. And the with ticks the are going to get the COVID. And then the Lyme disease is going to then mix with COVID and become uh, Lyme, Lyme COVID. Sorry, I have no really <laughs> idea what to call that. <laughs> Okay, uh, you may not know what to call that, but I think you can answer this question. It's this COVID from... Lyme, the same way like you get like um, a Bud Light Lyme. Yeah, COVID, COVID Lyme. Lyme. Um, yeah. Mike, uh, I believe, is an American listener. Here's his question. Hey, Jordan, this is Mike. I'm from the lower 48 in Utah. Uh, love love everything about what you guys do. Uh, Tim Horton, I don't, I've never been to one, but I just hate it. Is there a Tim Horton? What does he look like? Or... If there isn't, what what would you visually think he looks like? Like an 80s villain? Um, I don't know. Let me know. Thanks. So Mike is asking, <laughs> is there really a Tim Hortons? And if is there really a Tim Horton? And if not, what would he look like? So I, I think a lot of people don't know that Tim Horton was like a famous hockey player back in back yeah. in like the 50s or 60s or something. Sure. <laughs> Whatever it was. I wish I knew more than you about that and could correct you. Once, but, a, once upon yeah. the time, Tim Horton was a famous hockey player who opened a coffee shop. And actually, we're going to tell the history and, and I guess recap our problem with Tim Hortons. Tim Horton was a hockey player who loved donuts and coffee. So he made this uh, restaurant kind of thing that yeah, sold good shop. coffee. Yeah. yeah, he made a coffee shop that sold good coffee, fresh baked goods. It was successful. And all, uh, other, you know, they, they started to open up all over the place. They were making great coffee, baking their goods right in, right in the restaurants and whatnot. Um, the, the name Tim Hortons certainly has eclipsed Tim Horton himself as a hockey player. It's more, you know, it's more well-known than he is, I'm sure, mm -hmm. at this point. But what ended up happening, at somewhere along the way, the restaurant got too big. It got sold several times. Now it's owned by some giant, I think, Brazilian company. And rather than making good quality uh, baked goods and coffee in restaurants. It masses, mass produces nonsense and uses a, uh, a shotgun style approach to marketing to try to sell anything to anyone all under the guise of if you're Canadian, you like this. I agree 100% in everything you just said.
And if what do you like what he actually looks like? He Tim Horton was a handsome fella, but what it would look like if you saw Tim Hortons today, it would just be a used car salesman, is how I would what I would imagine. Well, if you uh, saw him today, it would look like a skeleton. Well, well, assuming he's dead, I have no idea. But I think if the Tim Hortons restaurant that exists today, today, 2023 Tim Hortons is a used car salesman of coffee and, uh, and, and donuts. But yes, he's a real person. Let's move on with the last one. This is Kitty from, uh, I'm guessing UK. Kitty's uh, phoned in before. She has an amazing accent oh, and, yeah. is, and is quite the storyteller. Hey, Jordan and Aaron. I was just enjoying your episode on the worst McDonald's in Canada. I had a bit of time on my hands, so I decided to look up the reviews for this restaurant on TripAdvisor. Um, I thought I would share them with you. One of them's titled Not Recommended, Not Normal McDonald's Experience, where basically the lady was served a normal-sized burger in a tiny little bun. And then there's another one titled, Oh My Lord, where somebody ordered five Big Macs and one of them had no burger in it. And this person's then put the server allegedly, well, the server slapped a burger down on the counter amongst other customers' sauce dribblings. Um, and then my favourite review was titled, An OK Slash Dangerous Restaurant. And the reviewer has very generously given it three out of five stars. So hours of fun there. Thanks, guys. Keep Canada weird. <laughs> I never uh, thought to go through the reviews. <laughs> An okay slash dangerous restaurant. <laughs> oh, my God. Ay, ay, ay. That's yeah. a classic. Good boots on the ground reporting there. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. We got to get into it here. It has been, uh, aside from what's been going on behind the scenes for the show, Canada has been holding up their end of the bargain by keeping itself weird. We got to break it down. I want to start with, I think, one of my favorite stories from the last several weeks, which is the story of the uh, the mall break-in slash theft in Ontario that involves a car that was stolen in Quebec. Here's what's going on. No one was entering Vaughn Mills through entrance six today as the mall dealt with the aftermath of a brazen break and enter. It's uh, an audacious crime. York Regional Police released dramatic security video today that shows a 2011 black Audi A4 with a Quebec license plate smash right through the mall's entrance as the driver calmly navigates the hallways. And made their way to an electronics store where they broke into the store and then proceeded to take a quantity of electronic devices. Police say two suspects returned to the car with their stolen goods and then fled. Surveillance video showing them driving away through entrance one on the opposite side of the mall. I've never heard of this in my entire life, so it's definitely a one of a kind. Why didn't they just go to a store, shatter the glass and, and do their thing, but to drive through an actual mall? I don't understand. Honestly, it's very surprising. Um, I've never seen that before. Now this map shows you the route the thieves took. They entered the mall via entrance six, proceeded this way before making a stop, according to mall staff, at the source. They returned to the car and then exited the mall via entrance one. To see the way that uh, some people, the criminal element, are going about doing what they're doing, it is outrageous and 
we need every every hand on deck to try to fix it. After releasing this video of the car and the license plate number, late this afternoon, York Regional Police told CTV News they'd located the vehicle used in the incident and are now examining it for evidence. Uh, I've never heard of anything like this happening, but it, I don't know, as a, if you're going to try to do something like this, this kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know what it reminds me of is the movie Groundhog Day, which, oh. which just happened like the day Groundhog Day was just the other day, wasn't it? Yeah. So in the movie Groundhog Day, Bill Murray's character is reliving the same day, Groundhog Day, over and over and over and over again. And once he starts to realize that this is not a curse, but it could be a blessing, I can now do whatever I want throughout this day and then wake up at the start of the day again tomorrow, consequence-free, because it never happened, because he's mm -hmm. reliving the same day over and over and over again. <clears throat> so um, there are certain scenes in the movie once he realizes this that he just starts doing whatever he needs to do. So this is somebody who is going through a Groundhog Day type situation, reliving the same day over and over again. And then this is how they're doing it because they're thinking the next day they're going to wake up at the start of the day again mm. and all that mall driving never happened. But unfortunately, whatever broke the link in the repeated day chain was broken so then now they wake up and uh there's lots of consequences mm, yeah there's uh, well they haven't been caught yet so so far they've gotten away with it maybe like i think your explanation is as good as any other because when when you look at the story at where we're at now someone in a stolen car drives to the mall in vaughn ontario takes a bunch of, i don't know like laptops or something from best buy and takes off ditches <laughs> the stolen car and seemingly gets away with it but this crime seems to start well before they break into the mall and it doesn't even start in ontario it starts in quebec because the way they steal the car assuming it's the same person is its own crazy story the mall the victim of this the actual owner of the stolen car tells the story of how the the car ended up uh, leaving their possession and that alone is crazy listen to this I'll give you an update now to a shocking and bizarre story we brought you yesterday of a mall robbery north of Toronto. We now know the car belonged to a woman in Quebec who says it was stolen from her during a test drive gone wrong. CP24's Eden DeBebe is standing by. Story, what more can you tell us? That's right. Well, we've learned more about the woman herself, Taylor Anna uh, Covinger, who is from Quebec, from Laval to be more specific. And it all started because she just wanted to save up some money for a down payment. She thought the best way to do that was to put her Audi up for sale on Facebook Marketplace. She did so at the beginning of the month. And at, towards the end of the month, she got a response from a man. She said the first test drive with him went well. There were no issues. It was all about the second test drive. That's where things went wrong. He was in the passenger seat, or rather he was driving, she says. While she was in the passenger seat, he started driving erratically. It made her nervous. She asked to switch spots with him. They stopped the car. She got out of the car and that's where things went wrong. Take a listen to hear what she said. We both got out of the car and as soon as we were walking to change place, he ran back. I had slippery rain boots on slushy snow. And he went back in the car. He didn't even have time to sit back in the car uh, completely. So he had one foot still out and the other foot pressed on the gas pedal. And he left with my car. I tried to catch it back, but then I fell. Never in my life have I thought that I would see my car driving in the mall.
especially through windows. I never, it never crossed my mind. And I was, I was shocked because also there's a lot of damages on it, which I'm not responsible and I'm not covered. And talk about bad luck. That's another aspect of the situation. Even though she now knows her car is here in Vaughan, she'll be the one who has to pay the price of transporting it back to Laval and of course paying for its repairs. So it went from a money saving measure to something that's going to cost her thousands of dollars. Oh, what a tough spot to be in. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that's quite the story, right? Yeah. It's, it, you would think like there'd be, a, if you, you just think there'd be an easier way to steal a car than that whole spectacle. It's, it just reeks of somebody who's, who's like, I don't care anymore. Yeah, that it certainly I just, has. I don't care. I'm just going to take this car and I'm going to go. And then a bunch of crazy stuff probably happened in between Quebec and, and then the mall incident. Yeah, this, per this person probably should write like, a book. I'm just going to do literally whatever I want right now. And the, <laughs> and the rest of my, I'm just, I'm completely letting go of all social and legal constraints. And I'm going to do literally whatever I want. Uh, that's, that's what this person is doing. Like, it would be fun to drive through them all, wouldn't it? Well, I would love to do it. If I, under controlled circumstances, I wouldn't want to do it uh, illegally uh, in a stolen car. But no, maybe but if you've cars. given up and you don't care anymore and you yeah. don't care what happens to you and you're like, okay, I need a car. All right. This woman's selling a car. I'm going to take it for a test drive. And then as soon as she gets out of the car, I'm going to take off and then and drive to another province. And but there's the probably a bunch that happened in between then and when they ended up there, mm -hmm. like there's probably there's so many, um, you know, uh, untold events, there's so much we don't know of what happened in between. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and I'm sure there's more to this story. I bet I would. So bet by my the time, if you heard every single detail of this story, by the time you got to the mall part, it would probably make complete sense. Uh huh. Yeah, um, that's something. And like they say in the in the news clip, like she says, she, she didn't have uh, physical damage insurance on her car. So yeah, she gets her car back. She she actually went to Vaughan, Ontario, and drove the car back to Quebec to bring it to a mechanic. I read an interview with her. Uh, the car is drivable, but it's like destroyed. I think I saw upwards of twelve dollars to $15,000 of damage to her car that she doesn't have insurance coverage for. Right. So although she has her car back, uh, she doesn't have her car back. Um, but I believe that the noteworthiness and newsworthiness of this incident has led to a lot of people actually wanting to buy the car from her as it stands now mm -hmm. just i guess as a conversation piece um but i wish her the best and i'm glad no one was hurting this and whoever the hell like you say whoever took this car um they seem to be uh, completely thoughtless and someone needs to figure out who they are and make sure nothing bad mm -hmm. nothing worse happens um wow you mentioned Groundhog Day, the movie Groundhog Day, during your your talk there and your your theory of what may what this may all be about. Have you watched that movie lately? Oh yeah, like as in the last week because it's been Groundhog no, Day. No, no. Oddly enough, it was on over the Christmas break, and I watched it then for like okay, so the eightieth time that I've seen yeah. this movie. It's an amazing Groundhog Day is an amazing amazing movie. movie. Groundhog Day in reality though is weird. Just so I understand. No, it's stupid. <laughs> I've never understood it. They, 
a groundhog and it seems like every like community has this famous groundhog this groundhog will come out of its like house or whatever and if it sees its shadow we have five more weeks of winter like and if some it amount of yeah whatever the amount is yeah it's stupid and i'm it's sure it this... started in some kind of you know way back thing and uh, it's just some dumb thing um it's just a but... dumb thing that dumb people do yeah exactly uh but the whole tradition in the whole tradition of it was flipped on its head just recently in quebec it went from this sweet little um, community event where, where the children were watching the groundhog stumble out of his hut to um i guess a tragedy that probably um traumatized quite a few children i don't know if, uh, if if you're listening to keep canada weird and you follow weird canadian news you may know what happened but if not oh man things went wrong in quebec on groundhog day just last week here's what happened today is groundhog day this is the day groundhogs are tasked to tell us how much longer it's going to be until spring well here in quebec it's not quite working out as planned so daniel what happened to fred la marmotte Steph went to check on Fred on Groundhog Day's Eve and realized he wasn't breathing. But his death was only announced to the crowd in Val d'Or that showed up this morning for the annual festivities. Uh, je vous annonce la mort de Fred. Children and parents in the Gaspé town were shocked to learn that the nine-year-old groundhog had died. But the annual ceremony continued as planned with a stand-in for Fred. Organizer Roberto Blondin pulled a stuffed animal out of Fred's log cabin home and handed it to a child who helped the organizer predict how long winter will last. Et le printemps sera... oh. And as you just heard there, they predicted six more weeks of winter, but not all groundhogs agree. Wharton Willie in Ontario did not see his shadow, which means, according to him, spring will come early. But famous Pennsylvania groundhog Puxatani Phil did see his shadow. So who really knows how long winter will last? As for the town of Val d'Espoir, organizers say a new groundhog will be around next spring. Fred Jr. has already been born. Mitsumi? Sad day for groundhogs, Daniel. But uh, I'm with Phil myself. So in the news clip, you see they're on stage with Fred's house. There's all these children and families in the crowd. He, the speaker addresses the crowd in French, but I think he simply says, Fred is dead. I don't know French, but I heard like Fred de mort. And I think uh. mort is like French for dead. So I wonder if he quite literally just said Fred is dead. And everyone went, aww. What a, what a bizarre thing. It's so weird. It's like a kid. It's like a Saturday Night Live or a Kids in the Hall sketch or something yeah, to have it happen yeah. like this. Yeah, and it's you know I I love animals and I always get upset when I hear about an animal dying in any capacity. So um, it's unfortunate that this animal's death is under such a comedic tone. Mm. Well, it's hard not to like chuckle at the just the weirdness and and i think they um they knew fred was dead the night prior so was there not something some other way they could have handled it that morning well i guess 
you can't cancel it last minute. Uh, I don't know I what don't they could have done. I'm sure there's a lot of moving pieces to this that we don't understand. The behind the scenes of the Groundhog Day celebration. Celebration in Quebec. Um, and also yeah. just the image of they held up like they since Fred was dead and couldn't be there. They had like a stuffed a stuffy of a groundhog. They had which a when stuffy, they, yeah. But when they held it up, it actually looked like they were just holding a dead groundhog. It did look I, dead. I yeah. thought the imagery of that was off. I think the entire production and every aspect of this is off mm -hmm. um speaking of things dying that um that that you don't want to see um that will probably traumatize people we got uh canada learned of the death of another uh well-known name i guess i don't know about brand but certainly product line mm -hmm. uh when I need something quick, I got, you know, I'm at Walmart or the superstore or something, and I got to grab something to bring home and feed my kids. Sometimes I do walk down that aisle full of frozen pizzas. And sometimes, oftentimes, I grab Delicio. Sadly, their days are numbered. Here's the news we, we are just getting over now. Actually, we're not getting over it. We learned it recently, but we're far from getting over oh, it. Oh, it'll be years. It's time for business news with Richard Southern. Some popular frozen food products will soon be disappearing from stores. Hi, Richard. Hey, Erica. You might actually have some of them in your freezer right now, like Delicio. You know the frozen pizza, Erica? Mm -hmm. It's it's not delivery. It's Delicio. Well, it's going to be no more. Uh, Delicio uh, exiting the Canadian market. Stouffer's frozen dinners will soon be no more as well in Canada. And Lean Cuisine also will disappear from the frozen food aisle. All of these products are made by Nestle Canada, which says it's winding down its frozen meals and frozen pizza business because apparently it's not making that much money. The company says it's going to focus instead on more profitable segments of its business, specifically candy, coffee, ice cream, supplements, and pet food. That's where the big money is these days. Uh, these products, Erica, weren't actually manufactured in Canada, so no jobs are going to be affected. But that's that's like 90% of my diet, Erica, so I'm kind of worried. <laughs> now you'll have to switch to candy and coffee instead. Or pet food, maybe. Or, uh, or you know, sign of the times. That's, I that's all I can afford right now. <laughs> you have lots. I do, yes. You're going to miss Delicio? Yeah, I am. I I do buy, you know, through the the course of my adult life. I've I've lived off of Delicio pizza. At times, yeah, at times it was my only source of of nourishment. I've I don't know if I would say that, but I ate a lot of them, but when I saw like a food kind of analyst reporter type person writing and they were they were looking at what percentage of Canadian grocery store freezer sections are made up of these foods that are being discontinued and they said in some case in some stores it's almost a quarter of the frozen foods will have been discontinued and of course competitors will um will fill the gaps that are there but like delicio for as long as i can remember it's not delivery it's delicio i know mm. and there are other frozen pizzas out there that will just end up buying those instead if you're strict on a delicio diet like i had been for a long time mm. but I, it's I, it shocks me that at this point in time the news is finally out like we don't actually make a lot of money off of these we're not gonna make them anymore mm -hmm. but like it's been around for so long and, and yeah. delicio is when you when everybody in Canada I assume thinks of frozen pizza maybe they don't eat delicio but they certainly think of delicio mm -hmm. as 
the main frozen pizza that we have in this country. Yeah. They have, a, I think that saying, like it's, or tagline, it's not delivery, it's delicio. I, th I think that just really stuck. You hear that all the time. Um, but I wonder, has anyone ever been tricked? Like, do you think there was ever someone no, who thought? No, 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 no. It's so obvious it's that so it is obvious. not delivery. A delicio pizza is incredibly obvious. Well, Unless you you're in a town that has terrible pizza. Oh, I feel bad if you're like, is this our local delivery or is Delicio? It's like, yeah. that's a sign that your local pizza sucks. But I've even tried improving on Delicio. I used to get them and I would add more ingredients. I would put like shredded like cheddar over it and maybe cut up different meat, like really good pepperoni and put it on uh, as a way to try to improve it. Um, I've never been able to. It always tastes like salty cardboard pizza-ish stuff. Now, uh, I don't mind the taste of it. Like I know... I know it's not good pizza. I know that. However, yeah. it's one of those things where it's comforting and it's greasy and it's pizza that's been frozen and you heated it up. <laughs> well, um, my hat's off to the fine folks at Nestle who have been bringing us Lean Cuisine, Stouffer's, and Delicio. I could care less about Lean Cuisine and Stouffer's. Never had them, but I see them on the shelf all the time. Uh, Delicio, I'll miss seeing it uh, light up the freezer section at my local grocery store yeah yeah it's it's gonna be an adjustment for sure visually um, i mean when you walk down that aisle it screams delicio 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 buy uh, me del buy me eat me die early <laughs> would you consider delicio a canadian legend i didn't really think of delicio as even a canadian anything i just thought the entire world was covered in delicio pizza mm -hmm. apparently well, i'm wrong that was actually a segue Oh, sorry, I messed it up. You can kick me off the show. Last week, we talked about a Canadian legend. We talked about how, I don't know, some division of the government has provided the guidance to, can of, to Canadians to stick to two alcoholic drinks per week maximum as a way to reduce the risk of cancer in Canadians linked to alcohol. Uh, we talked a little bit about that. You and I didn't seem to moved one way or another about that guidance, neither of us heavy drinkers. Uh, but what we did both enjoy was the interview with who, who's now known as the two liter bottle of pop guy or the two beer a week guy. His actual name is is Dino. He was stopped outside of a Cath uh, of St. Catharines, Ontario liquor store by CHCH News. What did you buy today? I bought uh, six Bush Light, six Bud Light, and I love them, Tall Boys. Tall Boys. Uh, how much would you drink a day? Well, what day? Uh, he's become a viral video sensation. People are making remixes and making video reactions to it. He's become a star. I'm assuming. Aaron, you've seen people sharing that video and heard people talking about this crazy guy. I'm not on social media a lot, but yeah, hmm. for the amount that I am on, yeah, I've seen it a few times. So that means it's probably everywhere. Well, let me tell you this. I got in touch with Dino and in the most unique way, um, the reporter who did that interview uh, shared it on Twitter saying, you know, I interviewed this guy today. And it was crazy. And I, I watched it. Um, and, and you know that I'm a big fan of the rock band Kiss. Yeah. Uh, when I watched the interview, I wrote underneath it in the comments on Twitter. I said, I bet my life that this man is a Kiss fan. 
talking about the guy in the video because he ended the video with like rock and roll and i'm like it's just like he just looks like a kiss fan. oh does he ever uh i got a notification on my phone a couple days later that someone responded to that comment and the comment said like i think it said you bet your ass i'm a kiss fan and then it posted a link to like a news article and the news article was about this man in saint catharines who made these custom-made kiss themed concrete tables that were stolen and the police were investigating and then when i looked at the photo of the man in the article i'm like oh my god that's the dude from that interview and i put it together like you know the guy in the interview is responding to me and is a kiss fan i wrote him right away and i was like buddy i would love to have you on keep canada weird to tell us about you know your life the interview how your life has changed since the interview how the interview even came to be and let me tell you, the time I spent on the phone with this dude, Dino, is some of the most memorable moments I think I will ever have. The way he comes across in the interview uh, with CHCH News, he's all like crazy with these one-liners. That's the way this dude talks. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm very proud to be able to share you some section to share with you some sections of the interview. We'll break it down here. And I had to remove a lot because I'll tell you, he has uh, a choice or he has a colorful vocabulary and he was quite comfortable breezing through some controversial topics that I'm not going to air on the show, but I will air the portions that I think uh, will get us to the heart of what happened. So it's going to begin my interview slash discussion with Dino, the two liter bottle of pop guy. Here it comes. You hear me? I hear you just fine. You sound amazing. Okay. Do I look fat? Uh, there's a few problems with the appearance. Yeah, the mic's all right, but I, I think we're going to need a new camera. There's a few problems with the appearance. <laughs> gonna, I love we're it. We're going to need a bigger camera, I think. <laughs> uh, we're going to need a bigger boat. Uh, Dino, I am beyond excited to talk to you. I've um, you're, you're at this. It's only taken a week. You're a Canadian icon, a living legend. Isn't it fucking nuts? What the hell happened? I, I got to hear the story. So how did this happen? How do you end up in front of this camera talking about those tall boys? Uh, I swear to God, like I, I have some health problems. Mm-hmm. So I was coming back from my doctor. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I had a few doctor appointments that week, right? Once they were all done, I says to my body, okay, the doctors are done. I get to go drink now. I says, take me to the liquor store. Yeah. And my buddy, who, you know, apparently uh, loves and cares about me, he says, fuck the fucking liquor store. We're going to go to the beer store. You're going to get some beers. You're going to be fine. And we fought about it. And finally, I, I gave in. I said, okay, go to the beer store. We pull up to the beer store, and there they are. I see the cameras. Mm-hmm. I look over, I says, cameras? Hello! <laughs> and uh, like I say, the cameras are there, but they were wrapping up. They were okay. done. Okay. And I have no fucking clue what they're talking about, right? Yeah. So I walk over, so I get out of the truck, I go, I go, what's this all about? To the camera guy who's loading his equipment into the truck, getting ready to leave. <laughs> he goes, oh, we just did a, a thing about the new guidelines. I go, guidelines about what? He goes, ah, you're only allowed to have two beverages a week, uh, alcohol beverage. I go, what? I go, can I get in on this? He looks at me, and they're wrapping up, right? And Matt Ingram, 
he's way on the other end. Yeah. And I don't know what I said to this camera guy where he went, one second, sir. Matt, <laughs> get over here. We got one more. <laughs> we got one more. I, uh, I want to get in on this. Yeah, I well, I know what happened. It's like they know a real one when they see one. And when you approach, he's like, no, we're doing overtime unpaid. Yeah, I'm not there to bullshit. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> I was actually there for like a good four minutes. Okay. Because that camera guy was so fucking funny. Like, as, as we're done, like, he kept on following me all the way to the vehicle. And he kept on going. <laughs> Keep going. And I'm like, oh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> going, keep going. So um, I would really like to see the rest of that footage. Yeah. So, so you do this interview, you go on about your, your day. When do you realize that the interviews posted in everybody across Canada is uh, celebrating you? This is the kicker. So I have a TikTok account. Right. So my post of that actual interview gets nothing mm -hmm. but other people i'm looking two million views yeah. million views four million views i'm like <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> right and, it's, it, it, and i'm telling you to right now still millions mm. like you see did you see the today they made that that song yeah someone that, like remixed it into a song yeah it's <laughs> fucking hilarious I've, I've, I've seen so many different takes on it and different people playing it and commenting on it and stuff what's it been like for you because you're, you're just a regular guy in ontario who now is a viral sensation what's your what's your life been like the last week or two you know what my favorite part about it is what you know the internet mm -hmm. you know how comment sections uh, can get pretty brutal, right? Yes, they certainly can. They can, you know, with all the fucking, all the bullshit, right? Yeah. I cannot believe how, no matter how many times I look, the comment sections are always positive. Yeah, it's funny, eh? Like, yeah, people, Canadians are divided over every issue except the issue of your video. Yeah, isn't that fucked? <laughs> Yeah, and I'm you telling you, believe me, I I I, I love uh, social media. Like I follow it and everything, and like like even with Prince Harry, you get the haters and the lovers, uh, Kardashians haters, lovers. With me, for some fucking reason, it's just always this guy's okay. <laughs> <laughs> whatever uh, it is, whatever I just heard. I like it. Yeah. And what, what do friends and family think? Are they like Dino's finally getting his moment in the sun? Yeah, but add the word again to that statement. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I have a this isn't your first rodeo? Oh, no. Well, you, you must have seen the thing with the Royal Yacht. No. What? No. The Royal Yacht. What? I, I don't know what you're talking about. You're telling me we're doing this interview. You don't even know what the right. Can you pull up a video? So I'm going to break from the discussion here and oh. I'll explain. <laughs> like, what are you thinking so far? Are you all right? I'm exhausted. <laughs> oh, we're it, and it's only getting started here. So I get to this point in the, in the talk and he's like, you don't know about the Royal Yacht. Like you're doing this interview. You don't know the Royal Yacht. I had no idea what he was talking about. Um, so I, 
while I'm on the phone with them during this interview, I'm Googling like Royal Yacht, Dino, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, I stumble upon like some articles about something that happened in the 90s. He puts down, he walks away from his iPad for a minute and he goes and gets magazines to show me. But what it is, is his friends and family weren't surprised that he is a viral star because in the early 90s, he was on the front page of the National Enquirer magazine, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like back Yeah, then. yeah, yeah. You and, see them in the uh, grocery stores. Yeah. And, and the reason why is, okay, and, and, the interview with him, he he goes on and on about this, but I'm not going to air it just yet. But he um, he was the manager and the DJ at a strip club in Niagara Falls. He calls it in Niagara on the Lake. He called he was calling it Viagra on the Lake. While he was DJing at the strip club one night, he saw uh, I guess a yacht was in town, like a large yacht was parked, and all these like obviously wealthy people pile into the strip club. And he's thinking like, you know, there's something up with these like well-dressed people throwing money around. So he takes his po his Polaroid camera and he leaves the DJ booth and he starts taking photos of these very wealthy people with the strippers all over them. When they leave the nightclub and the strip club, he learns that they're employees and the staff of the Royal Yacht and that Princess Diana and Prince Charles and all of the royal family are on this yacht. But he um, and he thinks or he realizes like I have photos of them. Yeah. So what he does is what any kind of uh, entrepreneurial strip club DJ manager would do is he looks at who may want to buy these photos. He contacts Buckingham Palace to see if they're interested in buying them. I think he may have talked to the Queen. I couldn't really tell. I'm sure he would have had a direct line to the Queen. Uh, oh, he's going to tell you that story. But then what he does is he eventually settles on selling them to the National Enquirer magazine, which was a huge deal. They did a bit like an issue of all of his photos. He was all on the, you know, on the news across the U.S., across England, telling the story. So he was a star in the 1990s so with that behind us i'm going to and to save the you know 15 minutes of that story from the interview i'm going to jump back into it now with the okay. second part of my talk where were we you were saying well, oh yeah what's it like that this is not my first rodeo oh they're just yeah. like so people who know you are like again when i finally ended up selling my pictures to the yeah the national Enquirer bottom but i had everybody bidding so i <laughs> I called Buckingham Palace. <laughs> I called Buckingham Palace. At, do you remember payphones? Yeah, I remember payphones. Yeah. Yeah. From a fucking payphone in the strip club. <laughs> I called Buckingham Palace. Collect. <laughs> right? And they go, they go, collect from you. I said, just say it's some dude in Niagara Lake, Canada. Hmm. I'm pretty sure they'll accept because they know what the fuck's going on. And they accepted. And oh, they said, they said, hello, Buckingham Palace Press Department. Now, by this time, you know, I, I had my beers yeah. and everything. Guess what I said? What did you say? You won't fucking believe it. And it worked. I says, um... Cut the bullshit and give me the old lady. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I kid you not. I said, cut the bullshit 
Give me the old lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway. I can see why this video interview outside the beer store mm -hmm. isn't a yeah, big shock. And and you've also been in the news because and this is how we connected. Is I when I first saw the video of, of your interview, I commented on the video and I said, This man I guarantee this man is a KISS fan. And then I, I see a a, a notification. Yeah, you're yeah, I hear a notification shortly after, and I see you respond it, and you're like, you're damn right I am, and you posted a link to uh, the custom kiss tables you were making that ended yeah. up being stolen at one point. Yeah, we got robbed. $20,000 worth of fucking tables. Hello, listeners. Sorry to pull you out of the episode like this, but I want to take a moment and remind you of the benefits of a nighttime premium feed subscription. First of all, I release the episodes ad-free and two days early on the premium feed, which gives you the show quicker and a lot less painfully. Secondly, I maintain a full back catalog of nighttime episodes and countless hours of bonus content only on the premium feed, so to give you more of the show than any sane person would probably even want to listen to. And the third thing, premium feed subscribers who do so annually get a discounted rate and receive a free swag pack by mail. Who doesn't love mail? And lastly, but hopefully most importantly, the premium feed will fund the creation of the show. My mics, my laptop, the little lights on my desk, it's all paid for by the combined efforts of the premium feed subscribers. So if any of this sounds good to you, for about the price of a cup of coffee, you can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. I want to thank you for considering it. Now, let's get back to the episode. Cut the bullshit. Give me the old lady. This guy is a real one, right? Oh, this is a good, as good as it gets. <laughs> you know, to quote dude. Jack Nicholson. Um, so where we're at, I just cut again because uh, we get into a long conversation about the nature of his business. But all, but what he does is he he has a business where he makes concrete tabletops that have artwork embedded in them he's a big kiss fan so what he was doing was he was making uh like tables with kiss album covers and logos and designs on them and uh but what he told me about was this other story that i had to remove from this episode that we're doing now just for length but he ended up mailing the kiss tables to gene simmons who is the oh, bass player for yeah, kiss yeah yeah um yeah and gene simmons actually loved the tables and invited Dino and his company to come along on what was going to be Kiss's final tour, which would have been in 2020. And they were going to have um, the tables like where, where the band would be backstage or whatever. They would have Dino's Kiss tables and maybe they would sell some or give them away as like prizes and stuff. And all the contracts were signed. Uh, Dino was back and forth in touch with Gene Simmons's lawyers. But when COVID hit, Kiss canceled the tour and as a result, uh, Dino's opportunity at uh, Kiss Table Stardom was gone. Wow. Now, the part of the interview I'm jumping back to is just after he had told me about that mm -hmm. all having fallen apart. Okay. So let, let me get back into it. <laughs> Everything was going great. COVID hit. And, uh, and now ends. I'm a loser. Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know about, I don't know about that. I uh, I've, don't think I've talked to anyone in the last 
week or so that hasn't been like, did you see the video of that guy outside the beer store? I'm hearing from hearing about it from everywhere. What opportunities does this give you? Everyone knows who you are now. What what have you been doing over the last week or so with all of this attention? It gives me the opportunity to go get the fuck away from me. No, I'm just kidding. You're moving <laughs> out of St. Catharines. Yeah. No, it's it's uh it, no, it's good. I, you know what I like? I like how it makes people happy. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Because like at the end of the night, I, I, I go to a bar, and they're all like, he's here. That's him. And they, they like taking their picture or whatever. And it's going to make people happy. I don't care because nothing I did was negative. No. You know what I mean? Like I say, most of the comments... In all the comment sections, like everywhere, Twitter, uh, TikTok, everywhere, you know, there's always those fucking haters and people. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the only haters are coming out against my teeth. And I, I told them right off the bat, I says, you think I don't know I'm dentally challenged? Yeah. Like, come on. Well, you also, you end it with, you can't handle the tooth. Some people yes. can't handle the tooth. I got dental problems and the Ron Jeremy thing, please. I've been fucking called that since I'm, like I say, I've been called Ron Jeremy since before poutine reached Ontario. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I get it. Oh, man. Um, but the, the but, clip but itself, for the most part, yeah. for the most part, Canadians are fucking hilarious. Mm -hmm. Like the comments are all like this guy, legend, uh, uh, mayor prime minister it, oh. it's but it's all in good fun yeah it's funny and and apparently i brought uh voice to an issue that would have flown under the radar oh seriously a lot of people would not have any idea about this had it not been nothing. for your interview <laughs> exactly nothing like my, my one buddy today he goes he goes whether you realize it or not he goes Someone in the prime minister's office has probably brought this to Justin's attention that this toothless guy. <laughs> he's got everybody fired up. Firestorm. <laughs> yeah, he's got, uh, about these guidelines. Yeah. And Justin probably didn't well, but they're guidelines. I know. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. My point is, my final point on this is this. Guidelines in this country. Okay, been here for a long time, you know, I'm a fucking Canadian. Guidelines eventually become laws mm. Mm -hmm. in the hands of the wrong people. So is it going to be law that mm. I can only have? It's going to be an uphill battle now. I think the pop companies are the people who got to worry with the, after your interview. I the, one guy, the, one, the one guy posted this thing the other day. He goes, he goes why don't you just start your own uh, pop company? He goes, uh, he goes, if you had a drink with your name on it, I'd buy it. I says, well, I go, interestingly enough, my last name is Senecola. <laughs> well, I think if a, if a beer company doesn't contact you, then something's wrong there in this country. Okay. I, I figured as much. Oh, yeah. Bud Light. Okay. Oh, it'd be, it'd be perfect. But it should Bud be. Bud Light says they love me, and uh, they're working on something. They, they had a team meeting, they said. Oh. They well, said they we, got the top bosses in that meeting, because something's got to happen. They, they said, we had the meeting. Uh, we all love the video. Uh, we're bringing it up tomorrow at another team meeting. I love the team meetings, <laughs> right? And, and I'm pretty sure they're probably sitting there going, 
This guy's a loose cannon. What yeah. <laughs> we like him, what? but I didn't... Yeah, because who knows? Well, this has been amazing. It's amazing to meet you, to get the story behind the story. Uh, I'm excited to find out where you pop up next, because this isn't the last time Canadians see Dino, I'm sure of it. Oh, no. I'm getting ready. Oh, God. Warm up. Get ready, everybody. Warm up. Well, Dino, it's been awesome having you on the show. Uh, The video, I've watched it 100 times. I'm going to watch it 100 more. I'm glad you're a KISS fan, fellow member of the Army. I knew the second I saw you, I knew it. I can spot them. I'm a general in the Army. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, Dino, this has been fun, buddy. I'm sure we'll talk again. And I look forward to seeing you on the news in some other unexpected way. Rock Rock and roll, roll. man. (laughs) Bye-bye. Later, dude. Bye-bye. Is that guy not awesome? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, One a great in a million, lines. I must say. It, he does look like Ron Jeremy. and I, He I love does him. look like Ron Jeremy. Not Ron, you know, what Ron Jeremy became. Not the original Ron Jeremy, but... Well, in the clips of him selling the photos from the Royal Yacht, it, which were like early 90s, so like 30 years ago, he totally looks like a younger ron jeremy as well but i I love the line where he's like i've been called ron jeremy since before poutine made it to ontario yeah what a very specific (laughs) calendar date that he has there when did poutine make it to Ontario? well i I would have think probably late 80s early 90s so i think he's probably about right like i don't think maybe i don't know i have no idea when when poutine made it to Ontario. well i I would say it made it that reference just doesn't resonate with me when did it make it to Cape Breton? I, I don't remember I don't know. poutine before. <laughs> I, don't, I never tracked the history. Do you remember having poutine before you were 13 years old? I remember it in high school. You would have been over 13. Do you remember before you were 13? I think I was I don't 13. Know. I, 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 I don't know. I, I also know. remember when I've never thought about it. Up. I've never thought about it. Okay. Well, I'm thinking it was probably like 92, 93 when we first ha- started having poutine in Cape Breton. Uh, he would have been called Ron Jeremy before that. So just saying. Um, but wow. yeah, I love the guy. He cracked me up. There's a lot more to that interview. I'm going to air the full interview uh, another way. It's... Um, there, there are some parts of it, quite a few parts of it, that are not uh, appropriate for um, YouTube and the general audience. He talks a lot about his strip club, and he tells this story. Uh, well, that's what I want to hear about. <laughs> when, when it, well, I couldn't air it, honestly. And and then uh, there's one part where we're about to go, and he's like, you got another minute? I got to tell you the story about Nick Cage. I call him Nick. And he's talking about the actor. He tells the story about Nicolas the time Cage? Okay. Nicolas Cage in... Uh, Dana Carvey showed up at the strip club at Viagra on the Lake. And that story is um, certainly not uh, for a general audience, but it was quite comical. Um, so I'm going to find another way to air that. But anyway, Aaron, it's wow. uh, this has been a roller coaster. That's we, exactly what I was just going to say is a roller coaster. We started off heavy. Yeah, we got over it to a degree we covered the week in weird canada we heard from the legend you've been through a lot you've had many sleepless nights Mm -hmm. how are you feeling at the end of this episode you know i feel rejuvenated i feel thankful there's so much listener support that i did get it does make up for the extreme negativity that i actually faced not referring to my own negativity that i direct towards others but the negativity that I faced last week, it, it made up for it. And mm-hmm. I feel 
ready to come back to the show. I'll tell Randy to return the microphone that he bought then. Handsome Aaron Airport's back for good. Yeah, I'm back, baby. <laughs> Aaron, this has been a memorable one. I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad you've reaccepted your position on the show. Until next time. Jordan, until next time. Get me the old lady on the phone, cut the bullshit. There is a next time. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I in our mission to keep Canada weird. But let us also call out to you for greater support. If something unusual happens in your town, please let us know about it. And the best way to let us know is by sending a voice memo through nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We hope to hear from you. Now I'm going to start wrapping up this episode, but before we do, let me give some thanks. A big thanks to Aaron Airport for giving Keep Canada Weird another chance and sharing an evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides this series intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Ashley, Kitty, and Muffy, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it by way of a premium feed subscription, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and let some like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas, want to give feedback on the show, or would like to contribute a voice memo to a future episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com. And again, we hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let us know if you say anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte.